It's not church without innocent glory. So I have one thing to say. Hallelujah, my God reigns. Oh, isn't that good? I love that. Oh, my God reigns. It, and when, when, we're, when we're singing that, there's something deep down in my soul that receives that. I say, okay, I feel good. I feel good. My God reigns. Welcome back, Janice. Good to see you. All right, good. Tonight, I wanted to talk about servanthood, the nature of being a servant. And that's come up a little bit over the last few weeks as we were studying in Sunday school. And there's, there's a lot of things people understand about servanthood or serving in the church or what that's going to entail. How much money are they going to make? <laughs> But you're going to be blessed beyond belief. You're going to be blessed beyond belief. There, there's a, I looked up a few of the reviews for some, some of the preachers. And, and, what, and Richard Foster, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's in the discipline of service, there is also great liberty. In the discipline of service, when, you're dis, when you, are, you are, have that, that determination to be of service, it frees up your mind, your heart, your soul. Service allows us to say no to the world's games of promotion and authority. So many times we see, in, especially in the, in, in the real world, you see uh, people who are saying, okay, I'll volunteer, but what's the accolades I'm going to get for this? What's the, what's the recognition I'm going to receive? And we see that in the, in the job a lot. Uh, sometimes even in social circumstances. Yeah, I'll come over and help you mow your lawn. I'll help you do your trees. But who are you going to tell? Are you tell everybody what I'm doing for you? It, it's, they, they've lost the, the, the sight of what they're supposed to be. It, but when we get to that point, when we have that discipline, it abolishes our need and desire for that pecking order. We're all the same then. We're all in service. One of my favorite stories, of course, is you guys have all heard it, but I, I love telling it because it's, it's about Pastor Al. And one of the bathrooms had been plugged, and, and he was in there cleaning it out. And one of the ladies was visiting the church, right? And he comes walking out, and he's going, okay, it's clean, it's free. And she goes, who's that? That's the maintenance guy? And, and, and Irina says, no, that's Pastor Al. He goes, that's a pastor? This is my church. <laughs> because it meant something to her for that service, that service. A natural an understandable hesitancy to serve. Because we don't, you know, we, we, it, any serious discussion of service, it's, it's like getting up in front of people and, and, and preaching. It's that's something that people are just, they don't have a fear, they're just never going to do it. <laughs> Surely, you're going to be preaching up here someday. <laughs> uh, yeah, you will. And so when, when, when we get to the point where we don't mind being used by other people, we don't mind what other people think. We're going to do what God wants us to do. We're going to, we're going to have a different blessing than you've ever had in your life. It doesn't matter what you do around the church, to the church, with the people, for the people. And you walk away and nobody knows what you did. You have the blessing right there. That's where the blessing comes from. 
And you don't do it for the blessing either. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying, okay, if I just do this, I'll have these blessings. No, your heart has to be in it. So what does a servanthood accomplish in us as Christians? Well, we hear about it a lot in the Scriptures. You can't serve two masters, right? You either serve mammon or you serve God. So we can't serve this authoritative world. And we're getting more and more into that as you look at it as we go. It establishes order in the church. We actually are really performing the Great Commission, if you think about it, because that's what it's all about. But personal spiritual growth happens, especially if you're doing some projects or some things with other people in the church. And this is the core group that I really need to bring this to. We're going to all step up over the next few, few months. We're all going to have something to do in this church. We're all going to have to do, because we're going to grow, and we're going to have new people coming in, and we're going to have to show them how we do it. Not tell them, not teach them. Follow me. Let me show you how you become a servant, right? That's that's what it's all about. That's what Jesus did. You know, uh, it builds your own testimony. And people start, you know, you start sharing things, and so, so what do you do around the church? Oh, not much, just everything. You know, the church body is served, and that's what God wants. He wants us to serve the body more than anything else. When we're serving the body, the body grows. When the body grows, other people are going to step up, and they're going to serve, and they're going to do what they need to do. You become a servant leader, if that makes any sense. A lot of people think you become a leader because you're a servant. No, it's just the opposite. When you become a leader, you become a servant. You start serving everybody. You start doing everything. And there's no accolades. There's no recognition. There's nothing that, that we should desire. That's the human side of what we're doing, right? If we're doing that to, for, for, the, for, for the accolades, um, you need to go to a, a different social club, not this one. Right? That's all it is when people get to that point. So it completes this as believers. And Jesus, Jesus so, he showed so many examples. In, in the first one and best one probably in the whole uh, Bible is John 13. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And I've, heard, I've heard guys say that before. They say, hey, thank you for doing that. I said, just washing feet, brother, just washing feet. So we know what that means. And, and he poured water into the basin. And he gets the towel ready, and they're all standing there going, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? And he said, yeah, what I'm doing, you don't understand now, but you'll know after this. And Peter said to him, you'll never wash my feet. Then you'll have no part in me. Then wash my hands, my head, (laughs) wash everything. He said, no, just just your feet. That's all we need to do. And so after he'd finished, he said to him, do you know what I have done to you? Not what I did for you. You know what I just have done to you? See, big difference when you read it like it's supposed to be written. He didn't, he, was, he wasn't just showing them how to be a servant. He was showing them what they had to do going forward, showing them. That's what I just did to you. That's what he's telling them. You call me teacher and you say, well, it is. But if I've washed your feet, you also have to wash one another's feet. If Jesus is willing to wash our feet, we should be able to wash everybody's feet, Right? And, and not literally, of course, if you want to. But we don't offer that. I mean, what, what, we, what we're talking about is, is 
waiting on people? How about washing their spiritual feet? When someone calls you and says, hey, I can't, I can't, I can't take it anymore. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm cratering right now. Hey, I'm just falling apart. We go over and wash their feet. We sit down with them and cry with them and hug them and say, hey, what's going on? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I want people to do that for me. When I need someone, I want to call my brothers and sisters and say, hey, you guys need to come surround me and put your hands on me. Well, it's a men's group at the last uh, breakfast. We had several guys that we had to lay hands on and, and pray for, and, and a huge, huge change in everybody. John Garza, great testimony. Sick, didn't feel good. Walks in the door on Sunday morning and goes, Hallelujah, I'm healed. Look at this. He's walking around. And he said, I got healed yesterday. At the day. He said, well, that's why we prayed, man. Yeah, we believe that. We believe when we pray, stuff is going to happen. When we lay hands on you, you're going you're gonna to improve. Something is, that's the reason we said those words to you. And that's the reason we spoke in tongues when we prayed. We didn't know what else had to be said, but it was said. So he said, For I've given you an example you should do as I've done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than the master. Nor is he who sent me greater than sent him. If you know these things, listen to this. This is verse 17. 13, 17 says, If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. He's telling the disciples this. You know, he spent three years putting them through basic training. For those of you who've been in the military, you know that's not a fun time for six or eight weeks, but three years. Yeah, I think I'd have quit. What do you think? (laughs) But for three years, he's showing them this is what's going to happen. And so one of the things that that I, I, and I I put this out in Mark 10, and the title of that is Greatness is Serving. And they're they're walking along with Jesus, James and John. He says, we want you to do whatever we ask. He says, okay, what do, you, what do you want? He says, we want, grant that we would sit on your right hand and on your left. And Jesus says to him, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? They don't know yet what's coming. And he's telling them, you ready? You ready to be baptized with this? You ready to drink the cup? They said to him, we're able. So you know what Jesus said to him? You will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. And they were. And they said yes. They went forward. They didn't care. Okay. They saw the crucifixion. They saw the resurrection. They're saying, no problem here. Let's go forth and do this. Three years of training took. We've had more than three years of training. I've been in the church more than three years. Can you tell? Got a little gray hair. But we, what we learn, we need to grow on. And what we, what is, it's steps that we're going through, the journey, the exodus that we're going through. We have to learn from what we've done. And if you keep falling back and going around that same mountain, stop and say, I need some help. I need some people to lay hands on me and believe it. Read the word. It says that that will happen. 
But he says to him, it's not for me to say you can sit on my right hand or the left hand. He says, it's, it's up to the Father. But they've already agreed to, to receive the baptism, and they did. And we have to be willing to say that. We have to be willing to do that. So what are the qualities of a servant? I'll go into that in just a little bit. I said no, no servant can serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. But in Psalm 123, and listen to this. This is really good. Unto you I lift my eyes, O you who dwells in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look at the hands of the, their masters, at the eyes of the maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to our Lord our God until he has mercy on me. We can't waver. We can't walk away. We can't pray once. That didn't work. Stay in prayer and prayer and prayer. And I think Kenneth Copeland said it best. Stand and stand and stand. And when you can't stand anymore, by God, stand. And he means by God, stand. I said, wow, that's pretty powerful. So I'm going to be praying until I fall over. But God's not going to let that happen. Because he's going to honor that. He's going to say, okay, this is my servant whom I'm well pleased. Just like he said with Jesus. Everything Jesus heard from from God, he shared with us for a reason. We're going to hear the same things. This is my servant whom I'm well pleased. This is what we're supposed to be doing. It should be coming to us naturally as we go through our day, our work day, and seeing people and talking to people. As soon as I started this new job, everybody started calling me Pastor Mike. I made it clear right up front. You use bad language in front of me, I'm going to tell you don't do that. And I work in the oil patch. Guess what? (laughs) I say that a lot. (laughs) But then they've quit. And it turns out the vice president of of, of, uh, our our group came to me and he said, yeah, I'm a Christian too. I just didn't let anybody know about it. I said, well, how about that? And the little 27-year-old guy that's working as a business development guy, too, he goes, yeah, I go to church every Sunday, too. See what happens when you just lay it out there? And now we talk about God. Now we talk about healing. Now we talk about things at work that you don't normally talk about when you're in in an oil field and we're pipeline inspectors that you don't ever normally hear that or see. In fact, it's just the opposite in Daniel and you guys know it's a pretty rough crowd out there, isn't it? It's a pretty rough crowd. So in, in the same, at the same Psalm 123 down to verse 4, our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorn of those who are at ease with the contempt of the proud. There are people who have contempt for us because of who we are, because we are being servants, because we are talking about Jesus, or we are talking about God. Over in the middle of the day, you go, praise God. And they're going, what? This isn't church. Well, now it is. Praise God. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. You know, they, they, and, and they receive that. But we, what we see it in the jails when we say, and it's really fun, and Larry and Randy can identify with this. We walk in with this book, this cart full of books, and they just swarm it. They were so hungry for something to read in Bibles. We finally got some Bibles that we could, we're going to just load one whole cart up with Bibles. But then when we start talking to them and preaching or trying to teach, there's always a couple of groups that increase the volume in, in, the, in, the, in the jail cell. They start rapping or they start screaming and hollering at each other or there's a football game going on or something. And we have to literally scream at the top of our lungs for them to hear us. 
When we go home on Thursday night, we're going, how you doing? No, I'm okay. Because <laughs> we've, we've had to yell for an hour and a half. But you know what? The guys who are receiving, we stand in a circle. Last time we had like 14, 15 of them, and they all received Christ. That's being a servant. I don't know what's going to happen with those guys. I don't know where they're going to take it. Neither does Randy, neither does Larry. But we know when we do that, we walk away going, God, thank you. Thank you for what we've done. So the scorn that those guys had, making the noise and the contempt, brought these guys to Christ. We've got to overlook that stuff. We've got to have a bigger heart than that. In Philippians 2, the, uni- the unity through uh, humility. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, and you guys have heard this a lot, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, and I've always, and, and Pastor Larry goes to this too, when there's an if, pay attention. If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Otherwise, you, lo- you lose every bit of that. Selfish ambition and conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. It's, it's, it's uh, sad to see, and you see it in the world a lot, when people become all-important, self-important, and they want other people to recognize that, it doesn't take long before they fail. And they fall hard. And it's saying the same thing here spiritually. You want to be a, a, a servant leader? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That, that's where you're serving people. That's what we're supposed to do. And as we get people coming in and they feel that and they see it, guess what? They're going to stay. They're going to grow. They're going to become servant leaders themselves. They're going to go out. We're going to do some things going forward in the new year. Uh, Pastor Andrew and I have been talking about some things. And there's a lot of, of doors that are going to open. We're going to work, do some work in Calvert. We're going to do some work in uh, Cyprus for sure. And then maybe if they ever open up the country, we're going to go do some missionary work. would love to go back to missionary work. I love going over to Nigeria or uh, Uganda or wherever we can go. Just those people are so hungry. And I have an advantage over uh, you Nigerians because I'm the white missionary from here. I'm serious. That's what happens. You walk in and they just want to swarm you. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Good to see you. But that, that is so important because now they're going to listen to what you're saying. Because you're the, you're the guy from the United States. You're the guy from America. You must have a really, really powerful word. So that night in the hotel room, I go, God, give me a powerful word. <laughs> Give me a powerful word that they'll they'll hear. And he does. And he does. Something I didn't even know they needed to hear, and it, it was coming out. So that's why I say, look at, at, at in Philippians 2, that unity through humility is really important. And when, when we get to that point, the uh, then it's fun. It is really fun. Let us uh, then... Then in, it continues in 5 and 6. Let this mind 
be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who had been in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Are we equal with Jesus? Yes, that's what he said. You're going to do what I do. You're going to walk like I walked. I'm giving you my Holy Spirit. I've trained these guys to train you, to train you. Go do what I did for three years. I showed you how to do it. That's what we're supposed to do. So we have to learn it somewhere. Where are we going to do that? Here. We're going to pray for people. We're going to see them get healed. We're going to walk the streets of Calvert again. We're going to walk the streets of Cyprus again. We're going to do some missionary work. That's how we're going to make this grow. That's what's so important. And you can't do it being the almighty missionary. You've got to do it being a servant. Make sense? You got to, the, that unity comes in humility. Understanding what God wants you to do. So, what do we have? As bond servants and masters, it says, this is important, bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and the sincerity of Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. We don't have to please anybody. We don't have to strive for people to think you're good. We just have to be good. Yes, that makes sense? We don't have to strive to be good so people notice us. We just have to be good. Jesus had a Six woes he talks about in Luke 11. And he says, Woe to you Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your tithe and then let other people go hungry. Woe to you Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the, in the synagogue and greetings. Woe to you who stand on the street corner and beat your chest. Look what I've done. You know, it says, I tell you, you're, you have your reward in full. You have your reward in full. Because you are like unmarked graves that men walk over without knowing it. You know, all, all the movies show Jesus as being very uh, very uh, timid and walked around with a shawl and praying. And he didn't. He says, you, un, you unmarked graves, you whitewashed sepulchers, you, you vipers. He called them all sorts of things. Who, who makes you think you can call us that? I'm the son of man. Well, in Daniel, son of man is the son of God. And we talked about that on Saturday. And so he's telling them who he is all the time, all the time. And they said, well, tell us really, who are you? Are you the Messiah? He might as well have just said, yes, I'm the Messiah. <laughs> no, you're not. Who are you? <laughs> that's, that's how deceived they were in their minds. And you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. See, that's, they're not being servants. Woe to you because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your forefathers who killed them. Somehow that makes it okay. But what did Stephen say when he was being executed? There's not one prophet you guys didn't kill, and now you've taken the Messiah and you killed him too. I see him standing at the, at the side of, by the side of God. That's when they killed him. Killed him too because he was prophesying just like the prophets did. And they, see, that's where the, the world religion takes over. I tell you, there's a warning right now. The, the authoritarianism we're seeing right now in not just our government, in governments around the world, they're coming after the Christians. We better be strong. We better know what we're doing. We better be able to claim the holy living God is our 
master. That's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to be bold. We're going to have to be warriors. We're going to have to stand and walk. It doesn't matter what your life is going through at the time. There's going to be coming, there's coming a time, and it's already here around the country, where if you haven't spent time in prison in China, you're not a pastor. It's that simple. They don't believe you're a pastor unless you serve time already. In Nigeria, in northern Nigeria, they, they kill the pastors and the church people. We're not seeing that here, not yet, but it's coming. That's not from me. That's what, that's what Jesus said. They're going to persecute you. They're going to throw you out of the churches. They're going to kill you. We're going to be standing strong, aren't we? We have to make that decision or we're, not, or, we're not, or we're going to be standing with the world. That's what happens when you are looking to do eye service and men pleasers. That means looking to the authorities to say, wow, you're really doing a good job for me. I tell you for sure, you've got your reward in full. Walk away from that. Walk away. Run away from that. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's a slave or free. In Matthew it's, uh, 12, 18, Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love and whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice no one will hear his voice in the streets a bruised reed that's from Isaiah you ever read that a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out in Isaiah I think that's 22 I'm not sure but Isaiah 53 Psalm 22 all those are written 700 years before Christ and in in Psalm 22 it actually starts describing crucifixion it's never been invented yet. Is that a prophet from God? Yeah. So we have to go back and read those things from Daniel and Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and, and, and take out the pieces that apply to what we're doing today. We have to walk according to the same thing. We have to understand what it said, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will snuff, not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory in his names, the nation will put their hope. And they have. That's what they've done over the years. How many, how many Jewish people were praying to God and not Jesus and went to the gas chambers? How many of the, of the Asians have gone to jail and died there because of God, because of Jesus? How many in Nigeria? We've not seen that. We're so spoiled here. We've not seen that kind of persecution here. And that's why I'm anxious to go back and go over to Nigeria, go to Uganda, go to those places where they have to hear that there's a living God that will, will receive them. And, just, and, to, we, and I loved with the medicines that we brought to them. They don't have that. They don't have doctors. They don't have medicine like we do. You know, when we get sick, we go to the medicine cabinet, right? Then we go to Walgreens or CVS. Then we go to the doctor. Finally. We go to God. When it gets too bad, we go to God. Instead of right away just saying, okay, this is not my portion. I do not receive this. I'm walking out of here. That's what we need to do. Better wrap up here. So we need to serve God with, with 
Let me let me back up to Galatians five. I need to I need to see this part. Five thirteen through fifteen. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Don't use it as an opportunity to lord it over people. We need to serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All the law was fulfilled in that one that one small statement. All the Ten Commandments, everything Jesus taught, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, we, as Christians, I've learned how to say that quite loudly. How hard is it to love your neighbor as yourself? What if you don't love yourself? Oops. Forgot about that part. You have to love yourself first. You have to be solid in God, understanding that you're healed, that you've turned over everything in your life and just laid it out on the floor and said, God, heal me. And I'm going to walk according to your word. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And you love yourself. Now you can love other people. And it's just a process. That's all. And you got to and, you know, get on the floor and cry and scream and, and holler. You can come and do it at 6 o'clock. Nobody's here. But it's, it's a time of healing for yourself before you can go over and say, okay, I love my neighbor as myself. That way, it doesn't matter who they are, what they do, what race they are, what religion they are, whether they're in jail or whether they're not, we can love them and love them into submission. It's just great the way that works. So if you bite and devour one another, you you will be consumed by one another. That's what it says in Galatians. So we have to be, when someone starts being ugly and they're biting, and they're, well, they're hurting my feelings, we can't let that happen. We can't let that in. And I, I guess I've I'm, I'm been in sales for 30 years, so if you're going to hurt my feelings, you have to tell me ahead of time because I don't get my feelings hurt. I've heard no too many times. But I can take, I can take that and say, okay, no, I'm not going to receive that hurt. And so you know when, we're, when Jesus says we're to forgive people, the forgiveness isn't for them. We say, please forgive me. It's for you. It cleanses your heart. Okay, I've gotten rid of that anger, that bitterness, whatever that is. I forgive you is something we can say. But when you ask for forgiveness, completely different thing. And you're just guilty as all sin. You're guilty. You say, please forgive me. And they say, Okay, I forgive you. Even if they don't, you've already asked and you've cleaned, you've cleaned the slate. Clean the slate. That's how we grow. That's how we do it. So, serving God with our spiritual gifts. And, I, and I've also put in talents in there. Think about this. If everybody in the church could, would, would donate 10% of their gifts, their talents. So let's put it that way. Not spiritual gifts, but their talents. Uh, if you're an electrician, a plumber, uh, artist, teacher, only 10% of your time, every need would be met in this church. And it will be going forward because we're going to ask people to do that. We ask people to step up, to understand when you're serving and you're sharing of yourself, you're going to get more blessings back than you ever dreamed of. Ever dreamed of. Right? So... I'll close it with this in Romans uh, twelve six. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If, or minister, 
or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering, he who teaches in teaching. If you're good at teaching, go teach. If you're good at teaching, don't try and paint the walls because you're going to mess it up. <laughs> go do the teaching. Go do the cooking. Go do the kitchen work. Go do the, the maintenance work around here. You know, there's, there's, we, some of us guys can do that stuff. I used to laugh at Pastor Goodluck because he didn't know which end of a screwdriver to use. You know? But he grew up that way. That's why. And, and we, had a good, we had fun at that. He who exhorts, do, it, do the exhorting. If you give with liberality, give. If you lead, lead in diligence and patience and humility. Because he who shows mercy with cheerfulness is true service, is indiscriminate in ministry. Nobody can knows, know what's going on. It, I have heard the command of Jesus if I do that. All right? All right, let's close. Father God, we just thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the... The, the service that you've shown that we need to go do. To be a servant leader, we have to humble ourselves and be in unity. We thank you, Lord, for this week going forward. And we're looking forward to this Sunday, Father, when we, we bless our new pastor, Angela. We thank you. We're going to have a celebration, and we're going we're gonna to come together as a church in celebration and, and food and, and fellowship. We thank you for that, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.